0: I don't think I need to tell anyone this today, but just in case, just to make sure, today's a big big day, guys. Today is a very big day for OU in the 2024 class. And today is a day, Parker, that six months ago, we did not <laughs> think it was possible. If I would ask you six months ago, hey, what do you, what do you think we'll be doing on the day that Danny Okoye decides? You probably would have responded, well, talking about anything other than... Who Danny Okoye is about to pick from. I'm pretty sure you did ask me that
1: question. (laughs) probably, Or something along those lines six months ago. And until May, until literally four months ago, across the board, you asked anybody that knew their stuff whether Danny Okoye was going to be a Sooner, the answer was no. Flat out, no. And, like, it's hard... It's hard for anybody to downplay the significance of what an addition this would be because you also can't accuse anybody of sandbagging on Danny Okoye because that doesn't sell, right? People will accuse folks like me of sunshine pumping all the time. The opposite of sunshine pumping does you no good yeah. from a business standpoint, right? It doesn't do you any good to say, hey, this kid's definitely not coming to OU. Unless that kid's definitely not coming to OU. And that was the situation with Daniel Yeah. until he, of his own accord, said, you know what? I was a little bit hasty to eliminate Oklahoma. I should probably take another look. And once he did, man. And it was him to reach out to Miguel Chavis. Sounds like that's what happened. Well, that's what had to happen. Because, like I said, the OU staff had just basically gotten to the point with Koye where they're like, look, if you're this averse to coming here, that's fine. We'll go our separate ways. If you change your mind down the road. Hit us up. Door's always open. You're an Oklahoma kid. We're the University of Oklahoma. So, again, if you want to rekindle things, that's on you.
0: I wonder how Miguel Chavis like, – I wish I could ask Miguel Chavis the same question I'm asking you. Hey, six months ago, if I told you, like, here's kind of the the story and here's what we think on the day that Danny Okoye is deciding – Hell, he, he, he probably thought th- thought this all along. He he never gave up hope, oh, Miguel Chavis. He probably knew that Okoye was going to be a Sooner all along. But it is interesting, man, how we got here today, and Danny Okoye will uh, announce later on tonight at uh, 630 Bixby Travis Davidson will be there for the show today, so we're going to have you covered for the next four hours and beyond with Danny Okoye's uh, decision date. But what what's the what's kind of the appropriate timeline here? Grew up in an Oklahoma State household, didn't really give OU much of a chance because of that tie and because they weren't playing great defensively last year. And then right around May, he thought, well, maybe I should maybe I should look into OU a little bit more. Maybe I should give them A legitimate chance. So he called uh, current or uh, recruits that were committed. He called some reporters. He really looked into the history of this program and this coaching staff. And after all that, he reaches out to Miguel Chavis. He gets on campus in May, and that was really the moment where OU got back in or in on this recruitment. And then maybe the single biggest moment was that um, was the ov that he took for the Arkansas State game. Is that pretty? pretty approximate uh, timeline there for Daniel yeah, Koye and
1: how it, everything came together. It is, and we have a lot of fun poking fun at the doomers on this show because for instance, all last season the doomers were going, with the way Oklahoma's playing defense, no elite defensive player is ever going to want anything to do with this program. Now, I love this way that's how they sound. Yeah, that's obviously fantastic. that obviously that's not true. Mm-hmm. Nigel Smith is a great counterexample and a guy who said, look, he even said in the moment, as Oklahoma's going through it in the 2022 season, like, what's happening right now doesn't change my opinion at all. But Danny Akoya, on the other hand, he was actually one of those guys. One of those guys that said, Ugh, I don't know if I want any part of Oklahoma <laughs> with the way that they're playing defense. But again, starts to do a little more research, starts to dig in, do his homework, get to know the staff a little bit better and their plans for – rebuilding Oklahoma into the Titan that it once was. And here we are four months later, man, and they're on the verge of getting the number one overall player from within state lines.
0: And that hasn't happened very much, man, Ac- no. at least according to the rivals' rankings. And that's why that's why it's such a big day today is not only are you getting a player the caliber of Danny Okoye and the position that he plays. and I'm just telling you guys, a lot of you saw him on Saturday after the game at Chicken and the Wolf. This kid's physically ready. I mean, I... OU OU's going to be pretty deep at that position next year. So I'm not saying he's going to get playing time right away. But physically, he looks the part right now as a high school senior. But it's a big day because it feels like you're going to get the number one player in the state. And that's happened just once in the past five recruiting classes, according to rivals. Yep. The University of Oklahoma... Who's had a really good, very consistent run for a long time now? Just one time you get the number one player in your own state. The past five years, by Joe, last year goes to Michigan State. Chris McClellan in 2022 goes to Florida. Kendall Daniels in 2021 goes to Oklahoma State. You get Andrew Ray in 2020, but Dax Hill in 2019 goes to Michigan. Um, a lot of those guys out of the 918s. Here's another 918er, and this one's this one's going to go your way. So it's a a big deal on multiple fronts but I guess my question is does this tell any sort of a story and we just kind of detailed you know what's happened with him over the course of the past six months but the way that this has turned out and OU thought to be the overwhelming leader going into today if if uh, Danny Okoye picks OU at six thirty tonight does that have like any big story when it comes to where OU's going in recruiting Miguel Chavis, anything? Like, what's, what's the big takeaway here If what happens, what we think is going to happen?
1: Well, let's let's consider the obvious for a moment. If Miguel Chavis gets Danny Okoye, first and foremost, there's only one guy left on his board. So all of his time and energy yeah. for the next, oh gosh, it could be up to four and a half months, is spent on attempting to flip Williams Winery from Missouri. So he could join me and just root for Memphis all weekend. It'll be great. Is that who they play? This yeah, weekend? yeah, Memphis? upset
0: special. I got Memphis winning that game. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I guess I haven't submitted my picks yet in the Ref Royal Rumble. I'll have to take a hard look at that because I do think Memphis could give Missouri some problems. But yeah, man, I, if for no other reason than you get Shavis solely concerned with flipping Winery for the next four months. You like getting a Koye on board within this timeline because it enables you to allocate energy and effort elsewhere. And it's a feather in Chavis's cap, man, because again, this is going to be the perpetual example of the whole staff. Sure. But most specifically Chavis continually chipping away and ultimately turning the tide in the recruitment of a player that had no intentions at a certain point of coming to Oklahoma, and to be clear, Danny Okoye could have expressed renewed interest in Oklahoma, and then it could all died out. Right? He could have visited, been like, "Yeah, you know what? Whatever, Oklahoma. It's you know." No, they they grabbed that, the momentum, and it never it never stopped. Man, they kept yeah, exactly. it going. There is something to be said for the Sooners not only us it, reinserting themselves into this race but immediately jumping to the forefront. Yeah, and, and doing so really
0: w- without showing that evidence of having a better defense. Like OU was the leader before they played it down a football this year. And Danny said it live on the ref with us this year is that he was he was turned off with the way that OU played defensively last year. So this staff was obviously able to sell him on, "Hey, that's that's not us, man. That's not what this is going to be about here. Here's what we're going to be about." He really started to buy in on that, and after three consecutive games of playing well on the defensive side, um, he's, he's been bought in, man, and it uh, feels like it's going to be OU at, at uh, 6.30 tonight. K-Dub in the nine one eight on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Thinking of Okoye coming off one edge, and the kid committed to another school that still wears OU gloves coming off the other, puts me in my feels. Laughing face emoji. I think that that thought puts a lot of people in their feels. McCoy and Winari coming off the edge. Both be wearing OU gloves at some point. Uh, 916, where can you watch Danny's announcement this afternoon? His Instagram live page is where you can watch that live tonight. Um, 918, obviously I want Danny to go to OU, but there are a few things I love more than the text line after these recruit predictions go wrong. (laughs) That, That makes one of us. That makes exactly one of us that enjoys that.
1: Yeah, the Doomers show sure out don't. in full force when that, when that happens. Mm-hmm. And it inevitably happens a few times every cycle. But no, today will be a good day.
0: Uh, Blue in the 918 says he wants to play in the SEC. All three of his teams are the SEC. Yeah, he said that Saturday after the game. The SEC is the most violent conference, and he likes violence. Danny Okoye likes violence. And I like that Danny Okoye likes violence on the football field. Yeah, that gets me that gets me pretty excited. Very excited, actually. What's your shock level if it's not OU tonight? Nine or a 10? ten? Ten. <laughs> shock <laughs> levels a ten. Seriously. Shock
1: levels at ten. <laughs> I mean I feel like most people would say that their shock level will be at a ten.
0: I I mean the, the guy takes a visit in O V week one shortly after all the crystal balls and projections, future cast are into OU. He announces shortly after the visit what his decision date's going to be. He doesn't visit to Texas or Tennessee in the meantime. Hangs out with us on Saturday postgame as well. So I just, look, I, it's recruiting. I guess anything could happen, but this one, this one feels, all, all signs are sure pointing towards OU. Yeah, going when, you, this way.
1: when you plan a visit to Austin, and instead of being in Austin on that visit, you're making a live appearance on the home of Sooner fans, Tyler. I think it gives a pretty clear indication of where things are headed. Yeah. From the 501, I like meth.
0: Hashtag SEC ready.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Completely out of left field on yeah. that one. Um, let's see. Hey, at 405. Hey, Tyler Parker, how many of the 24 class going to show up for the spring semester? How many
1: of the uh, 24 commits are going to show up early? We, gosh, we had this conversation a few weeks back. I. I could go down the list, but that would just take a lot of time and would be very monotonous. I I know of at least 12 right now, so that is an even half of Oklahoma's class. At least 12 are going to be early enrollees, probably more. Some of these guys don't have their decisions slash timelines finalized as to when they're going to actually get to Norman. But I I would expect over half the class to be early enrolled and there in January.
0: Angry Ronnie says, Okoye looks the part but needs coaching, dominates his class of football, sitting next year and learning will do him wonders. Glad we got him, though. Boomer! Uh, yeah, look, l- I think we've said it a few times, and this is not a bad thing at all, but Okoye probably still a bit raw as a pure pass rusher. Sure. And again, there's... Not only is there nothing wrong with that, I think that there's that's kind of exciting to think about. Once he gets in with this staff and what he can become with what he already is physically, it's not a bad thing if he's, if he's a little bit raw as a player. And you just, don't, you just don't project that he would be a starter next year or that you just have to have him play yeah. right away because that spot's going to be in a good,
1: in yeah. a good spot you next got, year. You got P.J. Adibawara. And R. Mason Thomas for that. Yeah. Yeah, you should be okay
0: there. By the way, you mentioned the Doomers. It had just kind of sparked a random thought. Now, Miguel Chavis has never really been in the crosshairs of the Doomers. That has mostly been Todd Bates. When's the last time we got a negative Todd Bates text? It used to happen every single day. I know, man. But when's the last People- time someone, like, have we even heard from Recruiting Doomer One or Recruiting Doomer Two or Todd Bates Nemesis since the season started? Recruiting Doomer One used to text every day. I don't know what
1: happened. I'm starting to get worried. Well, and Todd Bates' nemesis became so unnegative about Todd Bates that he morphed into Jeff Levy's nemesis.
0: <laughs> Seriously. So the Todd Bates hate has uh, died down significantly after uh, David Stone committed a few weeks ago. All right, 405 651 3439. You know the number, it's the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your text. we got a whole lot of OU crew to get to coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McCombus and Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store to get The Ref wherever you're at on the go. Petersburg, Virginia is tuned in today. Cave Creek, Arizona. Corpus Christi, Texas. Auburn Hills, Michigan. Sheridan, Arkansas, Atlanta, Georgia, Sarasota, Florida, Burgettstown, Pennsylvania, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, I think making its uh, initial appearance, Ringling, Oklahoma. Welcome to the show, Ringling, Oklahoma. Reminders, just search KREF in the App Store for the free app. Ref Army Locator is brought to you by Affordable Door Company. They compromise on the price, but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net or call 405-635-9499. That's 405-635-9499. Proud garage door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. The Recruiting Doomer. uh, We mentioned him, and uh, he just texted in, hi. And then also, I still text you. You just never read my text. Stop with the propaganda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) love you recruiting doomer we yes we do love you we love all of you members of the ref army whether you are doomers or not by the way speaking of we we do have a doug and norman text Uh oh this should be entertaining Mm -hmm. my recollection of your program's comments were that you guys belittled arch manning as a number one recruit mainly because of his low level of competition in louisiana tulsa noah is not even that level of competition in oklahoma The Tulsa-Noah defense gave up 62 points to Kiefer, Oklahoma. Not a powerhouse. Yet because some kid is rated the number one player in Oklahoma on a team level that is below Louisiana 2A, you guys are going crazy over a very low-level team-wise recruit. Maybe he will be outstanding, but your double standard is amazing. Well, Doug, there's there's one very key distinguishing characteristic that you're overlooking here, and... It is that Arch Manning was the number one recruit in the nation. That is the difference between Arch Manning and Danny Okoye. And Ty- Tyler said it last segment nobody is expecting Danny Okoye to show up to Norman and light the world on fire in year one. He's going to need time to develop, and he's going to need time to get used to the demands of the competitive jump that he's going to face going from what? I don't even know what class Noah is. Anyway, small school ball in Oklahoma to Power 5 college football. Yeah, there's going to be a jump there. And I don't recall any of us ever saying, Arch Manning sucks. No, in fact, I recall saying quite the opposite. Arch Manning, we just didn't think he was the number one overall yeah, player. Yeah, if in, Arch Manning were, if his last name were anything other than Manning, he's probably a low to mid-tier four-star recruit, which I believe. I That's not... Propaganda, that's not narrative pushing. That is my earnest belief, and I know that belief is shared by many across the industry. Danny Okoye is rated as the number 180 player in the country. So, the opinion of him is that he is an excellent prospect with good measurables and a skill set that projects to being a Power 5 contributor. Nobody is accusing Danny Okoye of being the number one player in the nation. Nobody has on three does have him as the number
0: sixty six overall player, but yeah, correct, not the number one overall player in the country. So it's a li- little bit different there. I've never been more nervous, by the way, to read a text, um, and it is from Cherokee Sooner, five star texter. I just the last time I said anything remotely close to this, uh, I got in a bit of trouble with the with the text line, and it took some while took some uh, a while to forgive, which I understand. Cherokee Sooner, this is not me saying it, it's Cherokee Sooner, just in case anything goes wrong, trying to buy some insurance
1: here. Cherokee Sooner says, happy Danny Okoye day. (laughs) Cherokee Sooner also said, Noah is better than Okie State right now, so sit down, Doug. Noah
0: would be a four and a
1: half point favorite uh, over OSU right now. Ooh, Where's the game played?
0: Um, it, it's in Stillwater. Really? And, and Noah's, yeah. Noah's, four and a uh, half
1: point favorite four and on and the point. road. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Hello. Heard it here first. Heard okay. it here first. Hey, a quick note on four-star offensive lineman Grant Bricks from the state of Iowa. This is according to On3. It says, the skinny, it's an all-Midwest battle for Grant Bricks, who is still considering each of the three programs listed, which Kansas State, Nebraska, OU. Kansas State looked to have the most of the momentum this summer, but the proximity to home that Nebraska offers might be too much for the Wildcats to overcome. So there's not even no, any no mention, mention of, of Oklahoma uh, like, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But if you didn't know anything about this recruitment, you'd say, oh, well, it sounds like Nebraska slightly leads
1: over Kansas State. And OU is a distant third at this point. Okay. Well, I didn't, I don't share that perspective, but, you know, we all have differences of opinion. It's okay. Uh <laughs> Sam from Wayne says, Okoye went to camps too. Arch avoided them. That's another good way to evaluate them outside of their competition during the year. True, Bingo, Sam. Sam from Wayne. Excellent point. Yeah. Excellent point. Arch Manning never attended a single elite camp. Uh, as someone from down
0: that way, Ringling is pronounced Wranglin. <laughs> I, I should have done that. But sorry. I will uh, I will do better if Wrangling, uh, Wranglin is ever uh, the small town of the day once again. Hey, uh, quick question. Um, with, with something that's going on right now with Texas, Texas is locked in a battle with Missouri for five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo. Ryan Wingo took a visit to Austin this weekend. Sounds like after that visit, Texas is now the new leader. The question is, would Ryan Wingo picking Texas over Missouri have any impact whatsoever on Williams-Wanary? And I understand that they don't play the same position, they don't even play the same side of the ball, but I think you kind of get where I'm going with this. Like, if Ryan Wingo were to commit to Missouri, then, you know, there's even more hype around their recruiting class. But... If he were to pick Texas and go elsewhere, does that do anything at all for the Winnery recruitment?
1: I, I think it makes it easier for Oklahoma to convince Williams Winnery to leave Missouri. If that may, and I, like the distinction I want to make there is convincing Williams Winnery to leave Missouri behind is not the same thing as convincing Williams Winnery to come to Oklahoma. I think they've already convinced Williams Winnery to come to Oklahoma. I think he wants to come to Oklahoma. I think what the obstacle becomes is, is he willing to leave Missouri behind in order to come to Oklahoma? And if Missouri doesn't get Jeremiah McClellan and they don't get Ryan Wingo and Williams Winery is the only dude from amongst the big three in the state of Missouri that is committed to the Tigers then Oklahoma can set that in front of him and say, Hey, look, I, it was it was a night it was nice in theory when all three of y'all were talking about coming to the same school and playing there. But you really wanna be going it alone, flying solo in Columbia, or you wanna come down here to Oklahoma and play on a defensive line alongside Nigel Smith and Danny Okoye and Wyatt Gilmore and Jaden Jackson and David Stone? And so
0: I'm sure the, uh, it's all about the negative recruiting now, says Slim Brady. And I think that there's – I think OU has a, a lot to sell right now. Um, I mean, they've got as much to sell on the defensive side. If they back it up and play well this week and they play well against Iowa State and then they play well against Texas, then they'll really have a lot to sell on the defensive side. But there's some, there's some things and some optimism to sell right now defensively that maybe you haven't had in years past. But I, I'm, I'm sure that pitch is coming up for sure. And like you said earlier, after Okoye commits today, and, and really regardless of what he decides, so it'll probably, or at least it sounds like it's going to be OU, all of his
1: attention, at least in the 24 class, will, will be on Williams-Wenary. Guy from Catoosa says, you guys remember the last Noah kid we had? Hint, he was a linebacker. Well, actually, Guy, the last Noah kid you had was Leron Stokes, who played defensive line. Uh, he ended up on an NFL practice squad somewhere. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if he's still on an NFL practice squad somewhere, but yeah, that was the last kid that Noah sent to Oklahoma was LaRon Stokes. What's what's
0: the most exciting thing? Um, what should OU recruiting fan be most excited about with uh, Danny Okoye if he picks OU at six thirty? Size, athleticism, position that he plays, getting the number one player in state for only the second
1: time in six cycles. I think it's, and maybe this is oversimplifying it maybe folks are looking for something a little bit more nuanced than this but i would just say it's the ceiling man because small school kids who play small school ball it yes it's tough to gauge how they're going to take to elite competition but that can go one of two ways right on the one hand yeah the kid can hit a brick wall developmentally and might just you know he he might not be able to chip through it but on the other hand he might be more than capable of having his way with 6 foot 5 315 pound offensive tackles and we just have no way of knowing that he's got that in him because he's never had to go up against a 6 foot 5 315 pound offensive tackle right so small school kids like that their floors tend to be lower than average but their ceilings also can be much higher. And so with Danny Okoye, six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds, the weight room numbers that he can throw up, the athleticism that he has at that size, it all lends itself to a very, very high ceiling, and that is not to say that is not to say he attains that ceiling. That's a different conversation entirely. But the fact remains, the ceiling itself is is incredibly high for a player like that from the four
0: zero five with a Danny Okoye commitment to the twenty four class will that move o u in the top five seven on twenty four seven I did the class calculator earlier uh have you have you crunched those numbers on rivals? would that get o u to the number five class? I, it would definitely get them to number six,
1: and I think it would get them to number five i think very close don 't know there. for sure yeah. Rivals does not have as convenient of a class calculator as 24-7 does, but I think that would be enough to move them into the top five.
0: 405-651-3439, Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll update you on how the season is going thus far for a few OU commits. We'll look at some other targets in 2024 and 2025 and beyond. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour of locked in. Dorsey Jones is family owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Dorsey Jones, low pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone and their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. I promise we will not spend an entire or even half a segment on this I was just laughing during the break at the uh, Chip Kelly uh, interview when he was asked about if he's ever banned a reporter uh-huh. for any period of time and he just he just blankly stared and said can someone do that? Someone can just ban it? Someone can just ban a reporter? Seriously? That's a thing? Chip Kelly didn't really know what to say. He's like, "Huh, I've never heard of anything like that." A
1: 2-week okay. suspension for a reporter is something that I had literally never seen or heard of before until yesterday. Yeah. Pretty wild. And, of course, Mule Shoe is the one on the cutting edge of this innovation. Not a great uh, past week for for that guy, huh? No, not not at all. Not not a great look the past week. First, the lies. Now he's made enemies with basically the entire USC beat. Yeah, love it. Things you love to see. Uh,
0: Okay, a couple of updates. Uh, Here's Nate Roberts in the 2025 class, one of the best tight ends in the 25 class. Rival says this on the latest with the uh, Washington, Oklahoma product. Oklahoma could be tough to beat in the end for the former Notre Dame commits, but the 2025 four-star tight end had an incredible visit to Ohio State incredible. over the weekend. The message from the coaching staff was that the way Roberts plays is a perfect fit in the Buckeyes' offense as he hit it off with Coach Ryan Day and position coach Keenan Bailey. Roberts will be at Penn State this weekend for its Iowa matchup.
1: Okay, can I be candid for a second? Uh, please, yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. That is the most surface-level observation imaginable regarding a recruiting pitch. The pitch from Ohio State is that Nate Roberts is a perfect fit for their offense. Yeah, you think any school walks into a meeting with a prospect and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you kind of fit here. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. No. And tied in, can you catch the ball? Can you maybe block a little bit as well? You Every know, it single like kid a... that walks in those doors, you're telling them, listen, you, you belong here. You fit here. The way we do things, oh, man, you're going to have a field day in this role.
0: It really was surface level. Oklahoma's going to be tough to beat, but he had an amazing visit at Ohio State. He's got a close relationship with the head coach and the position coach. And oh, he's going to Penn State this weekend for the Iowa game. It really Yeah, that was that was pretty surface level. Let's see if we can do better uh when it comes to Jordan Seaton, the twenty twenty four offensive lineman out of IMG. Okay. Alabama has been considered the team to watch in Seaton's recruitments, but after visiting Colorado over the weekend, that has definitely changed, and the Buffaloes are now a major contender for his uh, commitments. The high four-star offensive lineman from IMG loved the environment, said the game day visit, quote, should be in its own category, and that the message was that Seton was someone Colorado wants and needs. Quote, they want to build the offensive line around me, definitely separated themselves from other schools I have listed, end quote. Hey, got some quotes from the kid, that was a lot better. Uh, no mention of Oklahoma there for uh from for for, no. for Jordan's and
1: I just I, that's that's not one anybody should be holding their breath on because I think money and glitz are what's gonna win that recruitment in the end. Those are my feelings as of right now, and Oklahoma is not really about the money and glitz thing.
0: I mean, they'll pay when it comes to NIL, but it's been um, it's not a secret, man. If you approach OU or they approach you and like the first words out of your mouth or NIL, like what, what can you do for me? Or, you know, if they talk to you and you, you really lead on that one of the most important things to you is NIL, then OU's not afraid to to move on, uh, best, best, I, uh, best I understand things. Here's a quick some, – some updates on some uh, OU commits. Zion Kearney, one of the best wide receivers in this class. This is via 24-7. I'm not the biggest fantasy football guy – but Kearney's lack of targets for Hightower reminds me of some of the frustrations you'll see from fans on Twitter with a vested interest in Drake London or Kyle Pitts getting the ball. The OU commit is an absolute matchup nightmare and one made one of the more athletic plays of the early season with a 95-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, mm-hmm. which saw the six-foot-two, 200-pounder reverse field and find a lane to show off, to show off his top-tier juice. So they're just not throwing it to him enough out there at uh out there at uh at
1: uh for or they're not throwing it enough to Kearney, I guess what it sounds this is like. is weird, isn't it? Like you have a guy that's that good, top one hundred player, I'd, and it's throwing the ball. I would err towards throwing him the ball too much mm-hmm. than throwing him the ball not enough. But, you know, there there are folks that get paid to make those decisions, probably more handsomely than I do. Uh maybe one of the more underrated prospects potentially in this
0: class, B J Brooks out there in the state of California. They say this was our second time seeing the Chatsworth-Sierra Canyon tackle, and he impressed once again. He's starting at left tackle for the Trailblazers for the second year in a row, and although we've called him an offensive guard at the next level countless times, the improvement he has shown in his feet and athleticism over the last year is eye-catching. Brooks has dropped over 60 pounds since his sophomore year with his length and improved quickness. It won't shock us if he's able to play some right tackle if needed. He's a mauler in the run game, and arguably the most physical offensive lineman in the state of California. He's looking to put his man on his back uh, with run plays, and has always been a uh, favorite uh, favorite to recruit. That didn't sound all that bad. No,
1: I like hearing that. Versatility, dropped 60 pounds since his sophomore year, and is a mauler in the run game. Yeah, he had a lot of bad weight early on, and he has done a good job of cutting it down. Yeah, look, I... I think B.J. Brooks does play interior at Oklahoma, but, yeah, he's athletic, quick on his feet for being a big dude. He's strong, somebody that, you know, you kind of have to rely on the tape and the opinions of people who have seen him up close and personal because, Lord knows, I'm not getting out to Chatsworth, California this fall. I'm not going to have the margin to do so. So we won't really get the chance to see what he looks like personally, Until probably one of the postseason showcases. But good to know that people, credible people at that, who are watching him with their own two eyes, approve of what Oklahoma's getting.
0: And then on Taylor Tatum, uh, he continues to show run-finishing conviction to accompany his obvious open field juice. He made something out of nothing a couple of times early before bursting loose for some bigger runs as the game progressed. Tatum displayed... A defender-freezing hesitation move on his early second-quarter 11-yard touchdown that pushed Longview's lead to 14-0. He dropped a would-be 26-yarder over-the-shoulder second-quarter TD throw on a less-than-easy ball to corral, but he's shown throughout his varsity career that he can catch the ball from the backfield and the slot as well. Yeah, sounds like he's having a nice uh, start to the season out there uh, in Longview. His first game, didn't he? run for two touchdowns and like throw
1: a touchdown pass as well. Yeah, he's had I I want to say he's had multiple touchdowns in every single game to this point, including a game that was abandoned at halftime because of severe weather. But Taylor Tatum has been all that. I mean, he's been what you expect the number 1 running back in the nation to be.
0: John from Tulsa, my favorite trend about this class is the continual praise our guys are getting about their maturity and intelligence. I think those two qualities are what great players and teams are built from. So the recruit that I've gotten to know the best throughout this 2024 cycle is definitely Danny Okoye, getting to interview him twice. John, what you're saying right there, maturity and intelligence, those are like the outside of the the physical presence that he brings, a lot of maturity and a lot of intelligence on his part. So... Yeah, that that definitely goes for Danny Okoye. Ohio Sooner says, I haven't heard much about uh,
1: Jaden Hardy lately. How's his season going? That dude is going to be a stud. Yeah, he's had a great season on both offense and defense. He's played a lot of offense, played a lot of receiver, even played a little bit of wildcat quarterback for Louisville High. But, no, he's been excellent thus far. A listener in the 310 says, Parker, I can get out to Chatsworth. What do you want to see? I mean, hey, show me BJ Brooks. Get some video. That's what I want to see. Yeah, let us know. Let us know how that boy's looking. Nine one eight is Stone and Jackson still coming with Jordan Seaton next weekend. That is the plan. That is the tentative plan, yes. Um
0: by the way, who's who's still on tap for future visits? Jordan Seaton is for the Iowa State game. Um when is the maybe, obviously. We'll see about that. Um Bussie is the maybe. We'll see if that one gets pushed back. But is there anyone else in the 24 class, big names-wise, whether it's Boganowski or Bricks or anyone else that's that's scheduled to visit?
1: No, not really. I it, It'll be a very anticlimactic last couple months, unless, you know, recruiting is recruiting. Who Who's to say that you don't end up on the precipice of a major flip, whether that's a kid flipping from Oklahoma or to Oklahoma, and that could change the calculus substantially. You always have to operate with that caveat in mind. But, no, I, I expect things to be pretty anticlimactic on the 2024 visitor front, at least when it comes to uncommitted guys.
0: 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Can this be the moment for Nick Anderson? Was Saturday the big moment in his career and he's about to take off? One particular uh, former head coach here at OU says that that can absolutely be the case. Howard Schnellenberger? How- Howard Schnellenberger, live on The Rush yesterday, said... Yes, this could be the moment for Nick Anderson. No, not Howard Schnellenberger. Bob Stoop said that yesterday. We'll uh, we'll discuss that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. The Rush is coming up next. Travis will be live from... Spit Oklahoma today, and we'll get you ready for that Danny Okoye announcement coming up at 6.30 later on this evening. Joe in Tulsa says, guys, with the numbers that Andy Bass is putting up, he is good enough to play Power 5 football at quarterback. Do you think a team like Oklahoma State or a Kansas State come in and offer him at quarterback? I think he might be better than Michael Hawkins. Uh, No.
1: No. Kansas State no. had the opportunity to, yeah. to offer him. And I think, I think there's a reason why Andy Bass has not had any major offers as a quarterback. And, in fact, all of his FBS offers are as an athlete. The only quarterback offers he has are in the Ivy League. And that has to do with the fact that, he, A, he doesn't have ideal size for the quarterback position – B. he's not he doesn't have an otherworldly arm he's got a he's got a pretty good arm he's got a decent arm it's not an otherworldly one but also with his athleticism and his tenacity just his overall mentality as a football player he is somebody that you want on the field it's maybe not a quarterback because you might have some superior options there and so As of right now, I do not see Andy Bass picking up any additional offers as a quarterback because I also think there's an understanding amongst schools that we're keeping an eye on Bass that, okay, well, he's committed to Oklahoma now, probably not prying him away from Oklahoma. And I I do not think he is a better quarterback than Michael Hawkins. Michael Hawkins, by the way, has had a really white-hot start to his senior year, as has Brendan Zerbrug, by the way. And I might have mentioned this yesterday in case I didn't. Brandon Zerbrug had almost 450 total yards and six touchdowns last Friday night. So, we want to talk about a hidden gem. Sooners might have uncovered one from up there in Alliance, Ohio. So, I really like the two quarterback commits that Oklahoma has. I think Andy Bass is content not playing quarterback, at yes. least not on a full-time basis.
0: That's Because that's and, where his true ceiling is as a college football player, right? Yeah. And... Like the way he plays quarterback at Heritage Hall, maybe it's a little bit similar to the way that Kansas State uses their quarterbacks. And what I mean by that is in the run game quite a bit. But Kansas State likes big dudes at quarterback because of the amount of hits they take. Um, Colin Klein was a big dude. Adrian Martinez, a bigger player. Uh, the quarterback they have right now, Will Howard, is like six foot six as well. So size wise, just yeah. And I. I'm with you, man. I think Andy Bass is fully bought into what his role is going to be uh, at the next level. And that's where he's really going to excel. The Recruiting Doomer says, Parker, I saw an article the other day saying that Miami is trying to get Devon Mitchell on campus and that he hasn't made up his mind yet if he's going or not. Any news? I'm sorry, say this again now? Basically, The Recruiting Doomer read an article saying that Miami's trying to get Devon Mitchell on campus for a game and he has not decided if he's going to visit Miami or not. I have not read this article.
1: Maybe it is out there, but I have not read it. Look, in recruiting, you can never rule something out with 100% certainty. So I, I will simply say that I would be very surprised if you saw Devon Mitchell visit Miami for a game day. Because that would kick against the goads of OU's visit policy for commits, And it would also, because of the the fallout that there would inevitably be with Oklahoma, it would strain his relationship with Michael Hawkins and strain his family's relationship with the Hawkins family. And that's that's not something they're going to do, at least as I see it.
0: By the way, Bob Stoops uh, does buy into that could be the moment for Nick Anderson on Saturday. Three touchdowns and maybe he takes off after this. Anybody else buying that, or is Bob Stoops out on an island?
1: Um, listen, I've been on the Nick Anderson train for a long, long time. I was one of the OGs of the Nick Anderson fan club. So If he doesn't I get field.
0: opportunities on Saturday, we riots.
1: We riots. <laughs> They're going to throw it to him. And, yeah, and we talked about it earlier in the week. The guy has a performance like that, he's going to see the field more because it's undeniable at that point. You can explain away one long touchdown reception as an aberration. You can't do that with three of them. You can't. At that point, you got to let the guy eat more. Yep. Blake in Tulsa says,
0: percentage chances Michael Hawkins becomes a five-star. Very, very low, Blake. Doesn't mean that he's not a good player, but very low that Michael Hawkins ends up being a five-star. Justin Inquita says, if Bob buys it, I'm sold. It's kind of where I'm at. Just about giving him more and more opportunities. More opportunities in the open field? More opportunities down the field. Nick Anderson could be a threat in uh, more than just one way for this offense. It's it's, uh, exciting to think about.